Let's be turning our Bibles this evening to the book of Lamentations. Book of sorrow, a book of grief, Lamentations. We're going to begin by just reading a single verse and then I'll try to set it in its context. I want, to, I want to speak tonight, though, about serving again. We've kind of been our emphasis for the last few sermons, but particularly about teaching young people to serve. Lamentations chapter 3, and let's stand together, if you're able to, and let's read... In verse 27, Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 27, it is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Now, if you just read that verse without any context, without the, the preceding verse, without the verse that follows, without the book of Jeremiah, really, that helps us understand what he's, Jeremiah wrote the book of Jeremiah, he also wrote the book of Lamentations, but with all you could discover about the um, context, it wouldn't change the meaning of what you see right there before you. It really stands alone. And, it, and let's just look at it again. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. And really it's a lesson. Jeremiah's burden, really, was for the young people. He, he lived to see... Judah conquered, overcome by Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians, taken captive. He was, he's lamenting uh, what's going on in Jerusalem and Judah with an eye toward the young people and how it affected them. And you'll see, I think, tonight that um, it's something we can all relate to. Let me just say this before I pray. I think every parent, I, I would hope every parent uh, would agree with this, that we would want our children to have servants' hearts. None of us want our children to be lazy. None of us w ever tried to raise a child that would not want to work, would not want to serve others, would not want to help others. I think every reasonable Christian would want that. But how does that happen? How is that done? And, and, and when should it begin? We're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. So let's pray and ask for the Lord's help as we get into scripture. Lord, thank you so much for your word and thank you for the way it challenges us and teaches us and instructs us and gives us hope and purpose and direction. We thank you for all these things tonight. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us all, help us as a church, help us as leaders in different areas of the church ministry, help us as parents and grandparents, Lord, to really have encouragement about the hope and promise of a generation of young people who want to serve and are willing to bear the yoke and learn to bear it in their youth. And we pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, most of us would know what a yoke is, as Jeremiah's leading, giving us this word about bearing uh, the yoke and what that means. You know, young people may not, they may think we're talking about the yellow part of an egg you know, the yoke. 
bear your yoke in your youth means you carry the yellow part of the egg in your young. That's good, that's good preaching, by the way. Um, but the, the yoke is not that. I got, we have a couple of pictures. One of them is just a picture of a yoke uh, by itself, just so young people or maybe others would know what a yoke looks like. And basically, it's to harness uh, animals together. It's to harness oxen, generally. It's harness mules, har- harness uh, whatever. And we have a photo, another photo there of us, exactly how it works. You get these two beasts of burden, and you yoke them together. And so that's how it's, and that's exactly what he's talking about here. And Jeremiah, we're not going to look at it tonight, but Jeremiah used that word a lot. Just for my own benefit, I looked how many times the word yoke or yokes are mentioned in the Bible. And it's about 64 times, but almost a third of those uh, over 20 of times are in the book of Jeremiah and the book of Lamentations. As a matter of fact, you might remember this from reading the book of Jeremiah. At one point, God instructed Jeremiah to make yokes, plural, yokes, and actually put them on his neck. Sometimes these prophets, God would use them to put some form of an object lesson upon them that people could actually see what he's talking about. And so object lessons are not new to our trying to teach and preach, but they were a part of God's way of instructing as well. And so Jeremiah then uh, was told, after he put these yokes on his neck, Jeremiah was told to send the yokes, first of all, uh, to the various kings of neighboring countries around Judah, but particularly to uh, the king of Zedekiah, who's the king of of Judah, and so they were to, and, and he, this was his message. Now think about this, because this was very uh, controversial uh, in that day, and it would be controversial in our day. But God's message to Jeremiah was: Tell this was the purpose of the yoke. Tell uh, the nations around us, and tell Zedekiah, the king of Judah, that we are to put ourselves under the yoke of Babylon. We're to submit to the bondage of Babylon because they were going under Babylonian captivity for seven years, 70 years, excuse me, for the purpose of chastening them, of chastisement. And so God said, I want you to submit to that foreign Babylonian heathen uh, country. And so that was a picture of being yoked under. Well, there's, there were false prophets, many false prophets in Jeremiah's day. One of his name was Hananiah. And Hananiah contradicted that message. He took the, the yoke off of Jeremiah's neck and broke that yoke and said to the people that God is going to break the yoke of the Babylonians in two full years. And they, why the people didn't want to submit to Nebuchadnezzar. They didn't want to be under that bondage. They didn't really want the chastening that God said that he was going to do to them. And so when, when Hananiah broke that yoke off of Jeremiah's neck and said, God's going to deliver us, then God told Jeremiah to go to Hananiah and tell him that these yokes of wood that you're breaking will be replaced with yokes of iron. It's going to be more severe. And by the way, it was more severe for those who would not submit to God's plan and not submit to chastisement. So what do these yokes, though, represent? They represent uh, bearing difficulty, bearing burdens, 
they, they didn't rec recognize anything or resemble anything like uh, happiness. These people were lamenting. Jeremiah was lamenting the sorrow of his people. He's brokenhearted like you and I are sometimes. When we look at our nation and we look at our communities, it breaks our heart to see what's happening. It should break our heart to see what's happening in our world. And so it was. A, that's what Lamentations, this book of Lamentations is all about. And he was lamenting the sorrow associated with the rebellion of his people. But in the context of all that, we come back to Lamentations 3 and verse 26 and says it is good, just like it's good, it was good for the people of, of Judah to submit to the yoke that God had for them, it's good that a man should both, or excuse me, verse 25, the Lord, I'll get it in a minute, verse 27, I've got my, my Bible so marked up, I can't see where I am. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. In other words, it's not just good for these older people to bear the yoke, it's good for young people to bear the yoke. And so that's, that's what we want to just think about tonight in, our, in, the, in the whole process of raise, raising our children and teaching our children and as a church of teaching young people, and that is this, that it's good for youth. You know, sometimes parents have the idea that, that one of our purposes in life is to protect our children from anything that would ever harm them or hurt them and whatever. And we ought to protect our children, but it's, it's good for children to go through problems. It's good for children to bear the yoke. It's good for children to have burdens sometimes. It's good for them. You know, I look back on my life, and as many of you do on yours, and there's a lot of unpleasant things in my childhood and among my family and my parents and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? All that stuff has served a purpose in my life. And so, so when it, who's it talking about here in verse 27 when it says it's good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. The word youth is a very general word that you cannot say, well, it was a particular age group, but it's, a, it's kind of a generic word for childhood in general. Everything that's pre-adulthood would be considered youth. I'll give you an example. When Saul was the king of Israel and um, David was a Went before They took David before Saul, the king of Israel. Saul's a giant of a man, not a physical giant, but head and shoulders above everybody else in the land. He was quite a man, quite a specimen of a man. And, and, he, and this is how he referred to David. Right before David went against Goliath, he called him a youth. He said, you know, he said, you look like a kid more than a soldier. And, and if you read that text in Samuel, when David, this kid... Youth went before Goliath. Goliath mocked him because, because of his youth, because he was so young. That's the same word that's used right here when it says it's good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youths. Most people believe that David was probably in his late teens, 20 at the latest. But keep this in mind about David. Before he was ever even anointed as king, when all of his, he had all these older siblings... And Samuel came to try to figure out who's going to be the successor to King Saul. Uh, David was so young, he wasn't even considered to be a candidate. But where was he? He was out watching his father's sheep. He was responsible, taking care of sheep. Or that's, um, that's what 
we're just getting a picture, though, of how... And by the way, when he went before Goliath, and before he did that, he talked to Saul, and Saul says, you can't do that. David says, well, I killed a lion and I killed a bear. Here's a young... Think about these young person. I'm trying to just tell young... We think of young people a lot of times too, too much, like they're irresponsible, they can't handle responsibility, but that should not be the case. Young people should be responsible. Young people should be able to be left to do a job and know that they're going to do the job. And so that's, that's the word youth that we're talking about. It's good for a man, Jeremiah writes, to, that he bear the yoke in his youth. It's good for children to learn to carry some load, to be responsible. And I don't know that you're going to hear that in a lot of places today other than the Bible. But aren't you glad we have the Bible as the source of truth? And I think this is something important for every parent to consider. And obviously, I think, the younger children are, the more impact this might have. What are we going to teach our children? Here's one of the things you ought to think about teaching your children, based on what we're reading tonight, that we want to teach our children to bear the yoke in their youth. And, and obviously, one of the things we're talking about is serving. We want to teach our children to be servants while they're young. What a mistake it would be. What a tragic mistake it would be to raise children in church. And all they think that young people are supposed to do is just have fun and play. And, and they're not supposed to have responsibility. They can't be trusted. That's a, what a tragedy. And to think, well, when they get to be adults, then they're going to serve the Lord. I, I don't know that that's going to work. I don't really think that's going to work out. Because if they're not learning to serve the Lord when they're youth, why should we think they're going to learn, serve the Lord when they're older? So we want to teach, we want to teach our children this. That we want to, we want to sit down as, an, as a single parent or as a couple or as grandparents even who have some influence in, the ch young, in children's lives. We're going to teach them how to bear the yoke. You don't have to teach a child to want to play, Right? They like to play. It comes natural. But they don't always like to work. Now, maybe your children always like to work, but some people's children don't always like to work. But it's good for young people to learn to work and to serve and to bear the yoke, to, to have responsibilities. It's not our responsibility, as I said earlier, it's not our responsibility as parents to make things easy for our children. You know, um, one of the most uh, challenging times, I think, as a parent is when your children start learning to drive. You know, and you think about the responsibility of, you know, having a car, and, and, and some of you are living through that right now, and some of you live through it. <laughs> and thankfully, your kids have lived through it. Some of you have that yet to, ahead, and you're not looking forward to that. Right now, it's just tricycles and bicycles. But, but you know, one of the philosophies we had is, my wife and I, is when, when our children were old enough to drive, we felt like if you're old enough to drive, then you're old enough to pay for your own gas. And you're old enough to pay for your own insurance. Um, in other words, I don't, think, I don't think as parents, it's our job just to give, make everything easy for them. We, our, the goal for our, for our children is not to make it easy, it's to make, it's help them to be responsible. That's, 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 we got to think, we need to learn to think like that. 
and I'm, I'm kind of looking at this in a general way with, a, with really a focus on serving, really serving others and serving the Lord. It's good for them to have responsibility. It's good for them to be taught, to be trusted with responsibility. And I know we can't go backwards in time and we can't change the way we are and where we live. But I think it's probably true that young people who grew up in a rural setting, who grew up on the farm, who worked in the fields, who fed the livestock, who hung clothes on the clothesline, probably learned a lot more about responsibility and work than they do in the average home today. And I, I'm, it's just a fact of life. And, and sometimes, especially young people, may look at that and say, wow, man, I'd never want to live like that. You know, it might have been better for us sometimes. So the point is, work, work is a virtue. Teaching young people to work is a good thing. But let me just say this, because this is going to get really to the heart of the, what I want us to focus on tonight, and that's this. It's a good thing to teach young people to work, but it's another thing to teach them to serve. You see, having a good work ethic is admirable, and, um, and I hope that's a part of your vision and your, your goals for your children. Teach them to clean the house, teach them to maintain the property, teach them how to mow the grass, be a weed eater, whatever, be an exceptional employee. That's our goal. We want our, I, I would want our children to have such a good testimony in the workforce that people want them on the job. And by the way, that doesn't just happen, parents. It doesn't just happen. They have to be trained. They have to be taught. They have to be instructed. But working for yourself is one thing. But serving other people is another thing. It's, we probably all know people who, are, who do an, an exceptional job for their employer. They work hard, their own time. They don't goof off when they're at work. And that's a good thing. But they may, you may never find them going out of their way to serve somebody else. And, and that's really one of the things that I think we need to teach our young people. We need to teach them not just to work hard for themselves, but to serve other people, to minister to other people. If you, if you look at it, I want to encourage you to look at it this way as we're thinking about this subject tonight. Parents and grandparents are entrusted with the responsibility of training the next generation of servants of God. That's our job. You know, you've heard people like me say this many times. What, what do we want for our children? You know, and it wasn't that they be in full-time ministry. It wasn't we, that that's God's will. That's fine. But we want them to serve God with their life. And by the way, that ought to be every parent's goal for their children. We want them to serve the Lord. To, to, to not only take on the yoke of human responsibility or or employment, but take on the yoke of Christian service. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you to be, to be a part of laboring for him. And, and we want our children to be engaged in the work of the Lord. And so for parents, you know, I'm, as I preach Sunday morning and as I emphasize pastoring Sunday night and, 
had a lesson about serving, I think, last Wednesday night. And we'll, we're just emphasizing this to kind of really put it in our minds and in our hearts. As parents, we think about things we want our children to do. We want them to do well in school. We want them to graduate. Uh, we want them to do well in sports and have fun and to get extra. We, we enjoy all these extracurricular activities. But do we really emphasize the importance of serving the Lord? And you know, you say, well, pastor, you do that. Or the Sunday school teachers do that. And they ought to do that. We want Sunday school teachers to do that. We want children's church workers to do that. And I do that. But, but no, I don't think all of those influences really have the same influence as a mom or dad do in the home trying to teach their children to serve the Lord. And that's one of the things we're wanting to do. Now, Many of our, I know a lot of our families are already focused on this. And one of the ways you can tell is because you can see when young people, even, even pre-teens, young people have a heart to serve. That, that came from somewhere. Somebody's doing that. Some, you know, um, I'll give you an example. I'm, I'm thankful for people that help around this building as far as weeding and mowing and cleaning and different things. And it's one thing when Adults do it. When I go outside and I see teenagers with weed eaters and see them working, I'm saying somebody's raising those kids right. That they'd serve the Lord. That doesn't just happen. You know, it is, it's not just God give them a gift for it. Somebody's teaching them and training them. And so to do this, for some people, it's going to take an adjustment. That we're going to start emphasizing with this with our, with our children. And it needs to be done. It can be done. And really, it must be done. You know, what if you say, well, I think there's always going to be more than enough servants in the church. There's never more than enough servants in the church. Never. So with the time we have remaining, I just want to, I want to give you three things that I think will help us in this challenge of teaching our young people to serve. And, that, and the first one is included in that in that. Uh, statement and that is it needs to be taught it has to be taught now you may do this to your children regularly but in case you don't this would be a good thing to adopt I'm going to start sitting down with my children maybe maybe intentionally all at once maybe periodically but I'm going to start sitting down with my children explain the importance of serving the Lord with our time, with our talents, with our treasure. And I don't, I don't say this to be, and I don't think it would be, but I don't want it to be taken as a rebuke. But if parents aren't teaching their children to serve the Lord, we're missing a part of our responsibility. Not my, because I say so, but because God says so. It's a part of our responsibility. And I'm sure none of us would be so naive to believe that children are just naturally going to serve God and serve other people. I don't think it happens that way. So we need to teach them. Why, why do we need to teach this? Well, because we live in a very selfish society. We live in a very materialistic society. And just, you may find that when you start teaching your children this, they... They look at you like, here comes another lecture. They roll their eyes like they, you know what I'm saying? But it doesn't matter. We need to teach our kids what's right. And a part of that is teaching them to serve. 
to serve other people, to help other people, because the message is that they're, the message they get from their own carnal flesh is serve yourself. The message we get from the world is, you know, that we're not really going to do that. But we've got to overcome that. We have to overcome the tendency to feel like, well, if there's not any fun involved or there's not any entertainment involved or there's not any financial gain associated with it, then really I'm not interested in doing it. We've got to overcome that tendency, that mindset. And the reality, if, you know, y'all know this because you hear other people say it and maybe you see it with your own eyes, but it's never been more obvious to me than when my wife and I took that couple of week trip away recently and that is how many businesses are begging for workers. I mean, they're just desperately in need of somebody who will work, who will show up, who will have a good attitude and a good work ethic. Isn't that something? And we can't turn the clock back, but you, you wouldn't have had that in my grandparents' generation because, because it was, people just had a better work ethic. They wanted to work. They were willing to work and work hard, you know, um, I was thinking today about someone, year, this was years ago, when someone was hiring somebody from our church and asked them, you know, how much are you going to, how much do, are you acquiring salary? And this was the person's, this was the response of the person in our church. You just pay me whatever it's worth to you. And you know what they knew? They knew they were going to work hard enough that they were going to get a good paycheck. That, that mentality, that, that sort of mentality is sort of, of gone in our day. And, uh, but work is noble. And service, working for yourself and working for a paycheck is a noble characteristic. But working to serve other people is even more noble than that. And young people need to be taught this. They need to be taught that it's good to bear the yoke in your youth. And that means having chores, having responsibilities, clean the room, you know, whatever it is they do. But also to do things for other people. You know, um, when young people, for instance, when young people accompany people to nursing home services, that's a wonderful thing. Now, the kids that go, I'm talking, they're not necessarily bringing the sermon. They're not necessarily singing the songs. But they're just being there to see what's happening. But their presence is an encouragement to other people. And I'm just saying, we need to teach them to do things for other people. So, number one, it needs to be taught. I take the time to drive that home because as parents, we've got to accept that. We want our children to be the servants of God. And like I said, if you, if you really will think about it, as I've been thinking about it throughout the day, they're, they're in some cases, third generation servants of God in our church. The parents serve the Lord, their children serve the Lord, their children are learning to serve the Lord. And that's the way it ought to be. That's how it ought to be. So number one, it needs to be taught. Number two, it needs to be expected. In other words, we don't just teach it, but we're expecting it. We're, we're going to, you know, if there's, a, if there's a project or a worthwhile need, then lead your children to get involved. Um, give you an example. Brother Justin and I, 
uh, were discussing some weeks ago about the need to uh, power wash the fence over in the cemetery. It really needs a bath. Well, Brother Justin, uh, maybe I shouldn't say this, Brother Justin said, you know, I've been thinking about maybe getting the teens together and going over there and doing that. And I say, use that in illustration. That may not happen. Somebody may do it before he gets to it. But I doubt it. <laughs> been needing it for years. But here's my point. If you have children and you know that activity is taking place, you ought to make sure your children are there to learn to help people. It's not just a basketball game that they need to go to. It's not just a volleyball game they need to go to. It's not just... It's, and it's not even just hunting or fishing. They need to do things for other people. Amen. And as parents, we have to see the value in that. I, you know, I could preach this to kids, but if parents don't see the value in this, if parents don't see it's important enough to teach their kids, I promise you, they're not going to probably do it because I think it's important. As parents, we ought to be taking the lead. And, they, and by the way, children shouldn't, shouldn't expect to get paid for everything they do. You know, the servants of the Lord are going get, to get their reward in heaven one of these days. There's rewards in this life, but there's also rewards down the road. And we, we need to teach them to become responsible, to take the lead. My wife's in the nursery. She could verify this. this there's something happened many years ago. We were very young that really made an impression on me. And we, my, my father-in-law and mother-in-law at that time lived in Florida. And we would visit them once a year or so in um, different parts of Florida. He was in construction. He moved around a lot. And, and my father-in-law liked to play golf. And so he and I would play golf together. And the good thing about playing golf in Florida is you get to see alligators and stuff. So it was always fun. He always paid my way. And I know this about him. He's in heaven now. But I knew this about him. He'd write, my, he'd write it off as a business expense. I probably shouldn't say that. But, you know. He would write off as a business expense. And I'll never forget those. I can just see, see us standing there. And more than once, I offered to pay. And he never would let me pay. But this time, I remember standing there, and he, we're getting ready to pay our green fee. And I said, let me take care of that. And he said, okay. And I was shocked. <laughs> I said, why did I say that? But, you know, looking back on it, I don't think he did that for himself. He, he had a lot more money than I. I think he did it for me. To let me begin to be more responsible. I'm just saying, we need to teach our young people to be responsible. By the way, thankfully, it didn't become a habit of him always wanting me to pay for everything. But, but I really believe that. We need to teach our young people to bear the yoke. I was really encouraged a couple of weeks ago. Um, this doesn't usually happen, but Brother Ross asked me to help him with the deposit. And it was after we'd had a revival meeting and he did make a deposit of the love offerings and stuff. And so otherwise, I wouldn't have known this. But I saw where a teenager gave like a $20 love offering to the evangelist. And when I, when I saw that, I thought, you know, this person is learning a valuable lesson. And that is that God blesses us so we can be a blessing to others. But there's something else I thought of. And I thought, this, this teenager's parent is teaching them the value of stewardship. See, we can teach our young people. But we need to take the initiative. 
We, we've got to get focused. We've got to be, we've got to, you know, it's, it's one thing to say, I want to be a good parent. It's one thing to say, I want my kids to turn out right. But it's another thing to define what it is for them to turn out right. And one of the things that we want to look for in our children, we want to help them to become servants, to become work, have a good work ethic, but to truly become a servant. And just me saying that, I'm sure there are teenagers sitting here thinking, man, I can't imagine me giving $20 to an evangelist for a love offering. And you know what? Knowing the whole situation, there are probably a lot of teenagers here that are financially, you're more, more capable of doing it. It's not, a, but the point is, we, listen, we need to quit thinking like, well, when I get to be an older person, when I get to be an adult, I'm going to start giving or I'm going to start doing this. No, we need to start in our youth to learn to be servants of God. And uh, so I thank God for parents that are teaching their children and taking the, in, taking the lead, taking the initiative. And I'm supportive of all, a lot of things our kids do. I, my wife and I were out knocking on doors uh, this past Sunday, uh, Saturday, and we could, hear, we could hear the stadium over, and there was a football game going on. Did y'all, any of y'all hear that Saturday, and they're calling the game? And I heard them say, uh, five-yard run for a touchdown, St. Clair. And I thought, man, I want to go watch that, but I, we didn't. I wanted to, but my wife wouldn't let me. We had to keep knocking on doors. But the point is, I enjoy sports. I like, I like to f- watch our kids play. I'm not against it. Good things can come of it. Good things can come of it. You know, you know, discipline, good things can come of it. But much of it's self-serving. Much of it is just me. My, you know, I want to be this. I want to do this, you know. And, and you know what? A little bit of that goes a long way. As parents, why not expect our children to be involved in outreach? You say, well, I'm going to go with my kid to the soccer game. Nothing wrong with that. But why don't you encourage your, your children to serve the Lord in some way? Why don't you support that? That's much more beneficial than just going out and playing games, and I'm not against games. I, you know, I played in sports. Our kids played in sport. I think it's a good thing. But we ought to keep some balance about it. Sports is not our life. Our life is to live being serving God. If I had to make a decision as a parent whether my child is going to play sports or serve God, they would serve God before they'd play sports. You say, your heart. No, I'm just reading. We're not trying to raise athletes. We're trying to raise servants of God. That's our goal. That's our purpose. And I believe that strongly. I believe it strongly because I believe the Bible teaches it. But I think we ought to believe it as a a church family. We ought to say, well, you know what? We're going to raise a generation of young people who put other people first, who will help around the church, who will, if we see somebody getting out of their car and they need some assistance, we'll go help those people or help them out to the car, pick up paper around the floor. Why couldn't we teach our kids to do that sort of thing? I think we should. So number one, it needs to be taught. But number two, it needs to be expected. And lastly, thirdly, it needs to be modeled. Children need to see that their parents are serving the Lord. That it means something to moms and dads to serve the Lord. I mean... What would it say? What would it say to a teenager if their if their dad said, "You know what? 
I know this senior citizen's lady in the church and they can't take care of their lawn. Why don't we go and mow their grass and weed eat for them? What would it say to the children if, if their parents got that kind of involved in helping people? But if you just tell your children to do it all the time, but you're not willing to do it, they say, well, why? Why do you want me to do it when you don't do it? We ought to model that. I think it's, I think it's, and there are exceptions to this because I've seen exceptions. I have seen young people who grew up in church whose parents did not serve the Lord, and yet those young people ended up serving the Lord. I've seen it, but it's the exception. Most children, I think, based on my experience, most children whose parents are not involved in ministry and serving the Lord, why are the children going to think, I'm going to get involved, I'm going to give my life to serving the Lord? Why would children embrace a lifestyle that the parents don't think is important? Children need to see their parents serving the Lord. We do this because this is what we do for the Lord. We can do this for God. God would... This is something God has given me that I can do. We don't all do the same thing. It blesses me when someone in the church says, is there something I can do about this? Could I help with this? That's the way it ought to be. Children need to see their parents serving. So, it, it needs, so first of all, it needs to be taught. And second of all, it needs to be expected. We're going to find ways to do this. We're not just going to tell them. We're going to help them do this. And third, it needs to be modeled. Not only by other people in the church, but by parents and guardians and those responsible for them. It's good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. God says so. And that's not just being harnessed to a beast of burden. And not just working hard, you know, to try to be an exceptional athlete. It's, talking to, it's, it's bearing the burden of responsibility and... I, I know that, you know, we've got young people in our church, and we've had young people in our church, that as teenagers, they were so involved in serving the Lord. And we have some like that now. I mean, so involved in serving the Lord. In their teens, that's the way it ought to be. That doesn't, doesn't mean you can't have friends or other involvements. It doesn't mean you can't play sports. It just means there's some balance about your life. And... There's something, I know more about guys than I do girls, but there's something about a guy's thinking that when he's in 10th, 11th, 12th grade, 9th grade, this, that is, we had basketball teams, so I'm thinking more in the area of basketball. They just think, you know, I'm going to have a career playing basketball. And you, you will. But most of it's going to be after church on Sunday night. Or <laughs> so these things mean a lot for a few years, but the reality is they're not going to mean near as much in the future. But I'll tell you what will mean something. If you start emphasizing for your own life, teenager, I'm going to start serving God with my life. I'm going to start doing things for other people. You may shock your mom or dad, but they'll get over it. I said this at the conclusion of Sunday morning's message. One of the reasons, you know, I talked about how Jesus taught his disciples the model that you're going to have is different than the world's model. In the world's model, 
the more important your position is, the less physical work you do, the more you tell people what to do. That's the world's model. But Jesus said, not so in my world. In my world, the more authority, responsibility you have, the more you need to be a servant. And that's Jesus' model. And then I said this, as I concluded, that the influence of a church, the influence of a ministry, which should be of concern to every one of us, what kind of a footprint are we leaving in this community and the world? The influence of a church is directly connected to the servants in that church, those who are serving in ministries, those who are willing to get involved and do things, whether it's outreach or discipleship or some other ministry of the church. The more, per, the more people in the church get involved in ministry, the more people's lives are going to be touched by that. That's the simple reality. And God can, you say, well, what about God? Doesn't God? Yeah, God can do anything, but God uses people. God uses people that are willing to serve. And so I've, I've really emphasized tonight young people, and I really emphasize the responsibility of parents toward young people, but I think all of us know it's for everybody. Every one of us ought to be serving the Lord in whatever capacity we can. We, you know, don't fret over what you can't do. Just find out what you can do and be involved in it and helping other people and serving people and ministering to people and reaching people. And, you know, when I mentioned in the message Sunday morning about how Jesus was the model. He was the example. After washing the disciples' feet, he said, you need to do what I've done. Because I've done this as an example. And I didn't mention this, but this is what Jesus said after he said that. He said, you need to be a servant. You need to help other people. You need to help other people even like I'm helping you. And then he says, happy are you if you do these things. Isn't that something? The life of serving it's not a life of drudgery. It's a life of being able to serve God. Who wouldn't want to serve God? He's done so much for us. Why wouldn't we want to serve Him? Why wouldn't we want to say, Lord, what could I do? Show me something that I could do. And people who clean this building and our cleaning teams and people who help around the building and various things I could go on, people do. It's all important. It all matters. But listen, it's not just for everybody else. It's for all of us. It's for all of us. Lord, what could I do? And if I was sitting where you're sitting, I'd be thinking, Lord, what can I do? Now, you may be like some people, and you're, you've got more on your plate than you can do as it is. I'm not talking to you. But if you're not, you ought to say, Lord, what could I do? Even as a young person, how could I help? What could I do? And I believe the Lord will help us with that. It is good for a man. It's good for your children to bear the yoke in their youth. Let's bow our heads together for prayer. Our fathers, we pray tonight, we thank you for the privilege that we have to know you, to be your children, to be born again. And we're privileged to have your word to guide us, to teach us, 
to teach us individually, to teach our young people, to teach families, teach parents. And Father, I pray tonight that you would just help all of us in this challenging day in which we live. Specifically, help us to teach the next generation of servants of God. Those who are willing to serve. Thank you for those many in our church. I think about folks that are in other places in this building right now serving you and serving us. Think about those who are going to take our young people on this activity this weekend. Lord, we just thank you for people who get it. And I pray that you'd help us as leaders, as parents, grandparents, help us to be the right kind of example. Help us to encourage servants and service. While our heads are bowed this evening and while folks are praying, if you're a Christian, if you know the Lord, which I think would describe most people here, obviously, if you're, if you're saved, just think about this. What am I doing to serve the Lord? Is there, more, is there something else I should be doing? What am I doing to teach my children, our children, to serve the Lord? And many of you do that, and I thank God for that. Young people don't serve the Lord just because it's human nature. They do it because they've been taught, instructed, and led, and guided, and encouraged. God's worked. We thank God for that.